0: Hello, it's Mick. Just before we get into today's episode, I want to introduce you to our Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a subscription service where you can chuck us a couple of quid every month if you like what we're doing and that helps support the podcast pay for licenses and pay for new equipment to make the show better and all that sort of stuff. So head over to patreon.com forward slash H-M-4-A-S, for being the number four. And if you can give us some money, that would be really, really great. Uh, I know times are hard. So if you haven't got any money and you're still enjoying it, then please share it. Tell your friends, put stuff up on your Instagram stories, retweeting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's really great, and thanks thanks for listening. There are a couple of tiers on the Patreon. So there's the first tier, which is just general support, and that gives us £3 a month, which works out at 75 pence per episode. Uh, then there's a middle tier, which is £5 a month, uh, and that gives you everything in the tier below, and you also get discount on merch. And Lucy's going to draw you a Patreon-exclusive digital print that you'll get when you sign up. And then there is a top tier, which is £10 a month. And I know that sounds like a lot of money, But it really, really, really will help us keep the podcast going. And with that one, you get everything in the two tiers below it. Plus, you'll also get a physical print every two months and a free T-shirt when the merchandise that Lucy's making comes. So it's all very exciting. Thank you very much for listening and hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hey, this is Bob Tyrell and you're listening to How Much For A Sleeve.
0: Hello, it's Mick and Lucy from the popular tattoo-based podcast, How Much For A Sleeve. And we'd like to give a few moments over to our new sponsor, DSM Tattoo Machines. Lucy, tell us a bit about them.
1: Well, Nick, DSM Tattoo Machines make exceptional coils and now a new rotary tattoo machines, not guns. You can check them out at dsmtattoo.co.uk. And don't forget, you get 10% off with discount code SLEEVE10. They also make a range of needles. You can find them at lockdownneedle.co.uk. I think they're very nice.
0: Hello and welcome to How Much For A Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing hosted by an actual tattooist, Lucy, and an actual knob, Nick Tickner. How are you?
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: Good. This is the first time in ages that you and I have spoke while you've been in your house.
1: I am in my house. You've Something... got the internet
0: sorted. You must yeah. be delighted.
1: Yeah. Uh, two big things happened this week, one of which was I... Turned up. I arrived in the 21st century and I got fiber broadband. And I swear to God, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I fucking wish I had it during lockdown because now I can watch all this TV.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's perfect timing when you've been you've been sat in your car for the last however many weeks doing this podcast. (laughs)
1: <laughs> sitting in a cold lonely shop. <laughs> and uh, I could have been sitting here on my sofa with a beer
0: the for thing, the yeah. first time in ages. Let's have a beer. Cheers, mate.
1: Cheers. Whee. Um how pissed are you because you've just been yeah. in the pub?
0: Yeah, went to the pub. Just went on a walk. Um and there's a pub, uh, Shout Out Stew and Oysters on Oakwood High Street. <laughs> um very nice. Very well. Everyone was pretty much well behaved. There was a uh, I had to move tables at one point because some, some gentlemen had a disagreement. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, we've only been allowed in the pubs for five minutes and already the boys can't be fucking trusted, can they? <laughs> it, was, it was weird, it was like one one geezer going, I'll give you 20 grand to leave right now. And then he was a minute later, he was calling him his brother, then he was poking him in the chest. <laughs> the, whole t- the whole time I was just thinking, 20 grand? If you've got 20 grand, why are you still wearing 10-year-old Reeboks? <laughs> fucking knob yeah but just you know like, like it sat outside and it every, honestly everyone was looking at each other and g- smiling and sort of just lift your pint up and go yeah we're in the pub it's, we're all right aren't we we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be all right and then everyone just sort of re- like just sort of shriveled up because these this group of lads were just yelling at each other fucked up. being well. willies yeah uh, hotel am... willies
1: I'm so jealous of your pub time. I have just mm. been trying to get to the pub all week and it's not happened. Everywhere is full. Everywhere you have to book. Yeah. And really, we're just my friends and I are stupid because we just didn't plan. And uh, I think I'm just disappointed in us, really. Well, rather than...
0: I think what, what I enjoyed about it is it's the just nipping in somewhere. Yeah. You know? And that's exactly what I did. I went on a walk. Do you have to book? Well, yeah, you do. But no one sat at this table for an hour if you want to sit there. I was like, yeah, thanks. You know, oh. I didn't. I wasn't ever going to ring up and say, book a table for for one. That's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> Were you by think, yourself? Yeah, yeah. I was I, I just, just walking when I'm.
1: Yeah. I, love, uh, I love going away by myself and going to restaurants and bars or pubs alone yeah. and sitting and having a, a quiet drink.
0: Just watch the world go by.
1: Just watch everyone, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's lush.
0: It should, it should never be judged, even though Absolutely. i just judged myself.
1: Well, a little, uh, a little bit. Our listeners is going to judge you now. You sat in the pub and had three pints by yourself. It's not just like a little, just not a pint, is it?
0: Yeah, I didn't even it's need like... a wee because I'm a real man. So whatever. <laughs> um,
1: Did someone give you twenty grand to leave after you got <laughs> that, Larry? That,
0: that was me offering the big bucks to the bad man to leave. Podcast <laughs> going really well. Another thing they had, they had really well behaved dogs with them, which, oh. which I wasn't. Either their dogs are oppressed and just aren't allowed to normal behavior because they get kicked or whatever but i was surprised the sparring
1: men had dogs pardon the sparring men yes had dogs i
0: don't know what that means
1: I'm just like fighty
0: oh right yeah like sparring boxing ting yeah 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 or the why yeah they they had the they had the well-behaved dogs it was oh weird. Hmm.
1: it's not just you that can make up words you know
0: you've been back in the shop <laughs>
1: I Yeah, that's the other big thing that's happened. I have worked. I've done tattoos on other people. Yeah. And I am fucking shared And I I, I want to know, is everyone else as tired as me? Because I just don't, you know, I don't know if I'm cut out for work. <laughs> I think that's what it is.
0: You did some pretty big things as well. Like a couple of day, full day sessions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday, I did two day things.
0: I'm, I suppose, girl. I don't know from ignorance, it seems like that's a better way of doing it because you haven't got all the messing around cleaning fewer people to deal with it's just you and one other person for for the day it seems like it's yeah easier that is
1: nice and you get a lot done in the time because you don't waste time like if you're working on one big piece and you've got multiple sessions you're setting up in that time and Mm -hmm. you're sort of getting ready and stuff but if you've committed the whole day you just get it done is good, but it's pretty intense for both people, really. It's t- it is tiring, especially if you've not worked for four months and then you do like six yeah. hours of tattooing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but everyone turned up. They were up. great. Anyone <laughs> late?
1: Um, I had a no show on Friday, so that was nice. That was really you nice. You didn't tell me that. Oh, well I put it I t- on my Instagram in, in rage.
0: So, is it someone you spoke to recently as well and said, like, you're yeah. ready? Yeah, all good. Come in, and then yeah. didn't turn up.
1: She was booked in in lockdown, and then I'd only contacted her the week prior and um, booked her in for the Friday, and she didn't show. No email, no turn up. And it was only an hour, but I was still absolutely furious. Like, I'd wasted the time drawing, you know, I've not worked for four months, so (laughs) every hour really counts. But, yeah, just... Not cool at all. And I've seen so many other people in the same situation. So I'm lucky that it was only an hour. I've seen other people who've lost hours this week. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? I feel like I'm losing faith in the human race. Stick to your appointments
0: or let people know. It's the least you can do is to let people know.
1: That's it. It's just not. I just I totally we all get it. Life happens. Yeah, totally. And you hear all these excuses and stuff. And actually, if somebody just said to me, I'm really sorry, but I can't afford it or you know something's happened I'd just be so I'd have so much more respect than if they just didn't turn up because if they fuck me about I just you know I just won't tattoo them yeah I'm just learned to be so black and white with it but just be honest
0: I've done it before where someone's someone's rung me and said um you booked in today and I was like I can't remember ever doing that and I genuinely couldn't remember (laughs) but I booked in I said right I'm sorry I'll book in two more yeah. I'm so sorry because I, I genuinely can't remember doing it. It's probably more likely that it's my fault than theirs. <laughs> but I were well, you it, drunk? It, no. But if if I thought that I had an appointment, I wouldn't just ignore it and I yeah. felt that I needed They, I think that's what they thought of me, so I panicked and said I'll book two more and take the deposits now because I don't think yeah. I've ever done this, but I know I needed loads more done. So we'll get them both in. Yeah. That it just,
1: you know, sometimes it happens that when it's your first week back, it's yeah. just yeah, disappointing. Disappoint. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed.
0: If you're angry, you'd be shouting. But yeah,
1: like I this. Showered a little.
0: Just, into, just into your mask.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna sound good on the old pod, yeah, it'll isn't be it?
0: Fine. Don't worry about it. Um, to
1: blow into the muff, make us sound even better.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Dirty on your rug. Um. <laughs> We've got Angelique Houtkamp on today.
1: Oh, she's great, isn't she?
0: Yeah. And we spoke about a few times with people who are just a enormous force for good in the world, going through loads of shit yeah. to make the world better, and I don't know how they have the energy, and fucking thank God they do. Yeah. <laughs> Because it must be so hard, and we touch on it a little bit, but it must be so hard when all of the, like this, and this is forgetting that she's a fucking mint tattooist as well. Yeah. Like just the, the the stuff she does about bad men in the industry. Yeah. And it must be just so exhausting and frustrating and tiring for her to constantly have to read these, then get it into a point that it can be published somewhere so that yeah. other people can then make decisions based on it. It's it's just well done.
1: Yeah, it must be emotionally exhausting
0: yeah. to just constantly, constantly have to reading read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. not talking about you know when I say bad men, I'm not talking about the odd dick pic here and there, which is still bad. Yeah. Don't do it. But this these are actual convicted. That's it. Assholes. Yeah. Sexual People assault do, and rape. Will and be on a like list. That. Yeah. And they and... Go, they they go change their name. They go somewhere else and just yeah. If, she, it, it, if Angelique and her team weren't doing that loads of people wouldn't know and it'd be people and it'll probably be people like me who just go good tattooist i'll go get he's not going to sexually assault me and i think he's the bollocks
1: that's it yeah yeah angelique is just she's one of those names you know everyone knows salon serpent Mm -hmm. has just got this amazing reputation and it's um it was awesome to chat to her and and hear about her and um, yeah, she's just an all-round really good human, isn't she?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you, you, there's it, it, another another thing like all the serious stuff that she talks about and that we discuss. But yeah, it's still we still have a laugh. Yeah, it's still funny, yeah, totally. still funny in it. She's
1: just and you, yeah. And you've you've been there, much. haven't you? Yeah, went out there a couple of years ago. Was meant to go back, and then I had some family stuff. Um. And i desperate to go back when things are back to normal because it's such a cool shop. Such a cool shop. Everyone's lovely. Sil, the manager, just he's great. we formed a little bond and um, and it's lush when that happens.
0: Have you had any uh, fallout talking about um, bonds with managers? Have you had any fallout from Gilbert after last week's episode?
1: Do you know? I've just, I haven't actually heard from him. Huh, I must harass him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not heard anything. It's just been one of those weeks where it's just flown by. Everything's been so intense, and I've not done anything other than tattoo. I've literally gone to work, tattooed, got home, fallen asleep on a sofa,
0: and then just staggered
1: to bed. Yeah, it's all right. Hands that's fine, actually. Hands, purple all right. tunnel. Good. No, I'm okay. I think I've had a nice little four months of recuperation.
0: You got a oh got... something
1: shitty happened to my friend this week. We'll talk about this briefly. Um, And I think what we should do, like I mentioned a little bit on Instagram this weekend, but I think what we should do is have like a whole episode where we're talking about apprentices and Mm -hmm. apprenticeships and have it, you know, just chat to lots of different people. And I'd love anyone to drop us a message if you want to get involved and if you want to have your say and things like that, just about the whole institution, I guess, of apprenticeships, your experiences of um, of being being an an apprenticeship, uh, being an apprentice, um and so on because this week one of our good friends she's had a couple of apprentices in her shop and she's spent about two and a half years training them up um and just you know put a lot in put a lot of effort into that she does it because she likes to do it and then they were both just started tattooing full-time and living normal tattooist lives mm-hmm. and then they've gone back to work this week and they've just both gone to her and said yeah, we're leaving to open up a new shop in two weeks, and a few things happen. Open
0: a shop together as well. Yeah, so together. It's like being considered just, and stuff.
1: Yeah, just just down the road.
0: It's not like you've just been. I've been offered somewhere where it's a slightly lesser percentage, so I'm going to go there because I want to. Yeah, on that, you know.
1: Yeah, but I know for a fact they're on a fucking good deal. Mm. Like they had it really good there. Anyway, regardless, everyone's got you know, everyone's different motives and so on, but. They, a few things happened last year in October time where it was clear from her perspective that it was starting to make moves towards doing that. So they'd known for a long time. They had more than two weeks' notice themselves that they were going to open up the room shop, Mm -hmm. but they've chosen to leave it right to the last minute to let her know. And I think that's the worst part about it. So that's what I, it would be great to chat about because I put a sort of call out on Instagram and just asking people their opinions and stuff. And there's so many interesting perspectives come in that it would just be good to talk about and, and see what people have to say. But, you know, just to me, two weeks notice when you could have Mm. given somebody two months, three months, even a month to find someone else, because she's not, she's kept this shop going in the last year when so many businesses have crumbled yeah. She's provided this sp- space for them to work in and worked really hard to keep it going. And now her income is going to be like hugely reduced because she's losing half her stuff. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a funny one.
0: doesn't sound like, whole... a, like like the best behavior there, but it, you, like you said, there are no rules in place and uh, it's all to yeah. do with opinion and stuff. And it's, we, it. we, you, you know, if you're, if you're doing that. Yeah. It's like, um being a dickhead here, but I don't care because I, yeah. I want this.
1: That's it. And I think the uh, worst thing about that was they had this awesome shop dynamic. Mm. It was so nice. And I'd give my left arm to go and work in that shop because Is it was so lush. I hate Grant. <laughs> That's it. The truth's out. Oh, I feel a little pang of guilt for saying that actually.
0: No, we don't hate Grant. We love Grant. Don't
1: I don't hate Grant. Um But I would like to, you know, it would be an awesome shop for anyone to work in. Mm. And they were just this this group of friends. So it is a bit like me saying to Grant, I'm leaving in two weeks. It's it would just be really mean do
0: that because you knew that you know that there's a there's there'd be a fallout from it. Yeah. And, And things in place like not just not just friendships and relationships and stuff. There's there's other stuff that you know about because you're as an apprentice you, this is the sort of stuff you get taught right
1: yeah that's it and i maybe i spoke about this too much it's a bit of a boring intro sorry normally it's lots of lulls. and somebody actually said to us that their favorite part of the podcast is me bullying you at the start so that's nice um, isn't it Make you're really bold thank you there we go we um, can get on with it now
0: <laughs> just going back to where, when we were talking about your internet when you you tested it by video calling me Oh, my
1: God, yeah, I saw how great you were. Yeah,
0: because I I had a couple of gray hairs in my moistache, and you were like, oh, my God, look how great. So I was like, all right, so even when I'm doing you a favor by testing (laughs) your internet, you're still still having a go.
1: I know. You've been so nice because you did my website as well. (laughs) You've been like, totally supported the podcast financially. You've done my website for free. And the first time I see you clearly, I'm like, oh, Wow, you've really deteriorated since I saw you in person.
0: <laughs> but I also know that it all comes from a place of love. It does. So it does, it and I
1: told you that I could count all the grey hairs on your chin, so that you do something about it because I care about you. Oh, look at that. You can tell me about mine because I, oh, I do did... the grey
0: hairs on your chin. On my chin, I you can't see them through those my black brows
1: ones. and my. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I made an a hair appointment with my one of my good friends, who's my hairdresser, uh, Lindsay. And I made the appointment, and I made it for my normal day off, which is a Wednesday. And then I was looking through my diary, and I was like, "Hmm, that Wednesday is the day after Grant's birthday, and we've got like the weekend booked off." And I looked in my work diary, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I got instant karma because I text Lindsay, and now I have to wait another six weeks. Yeah, so you right yeah it's okay. all my fault well at
0: least you text her you didn't just not turn up
1: and i gave her a month well two weeks three weeks notice yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. sorry
0: Lindsay.
1: yeah but yeah i'm gonna pay her because the greys are insane i'm gonna have to get a box and then i end up with it all down my
0: face and it like rudy giuliani do you remember that when he was <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Look like he had some some ants running down his cheeks.
1: That's what I looked like at my first festival, Leeds Fest 2000s, and I dyed my hair red with like a semi, and I, and it was pissing it down with rain, and I braided my hair all into like nice into like snakes, and um, little red snakes dripping red down my forehead, <laughs> watching Slipknot and Stereophonics.
0: Yeah, <laughs> festivals. Don't know what they're gonna do. So that Leeds festivals carrying on this year. Still going it? for it. Don't, don't know how, though.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they're just
0: clinging on there. We're outside. Yeah. You
1: know, just, Who knows? I mean, it's stressful. impossible to tell, isn't
0: it? Nah. And if missed you know, Download. Oh, Missed Download terribly is my favourite yeah. place. My, my, it feels like, like it's, it's your holidays, isn't it? Yeah. It's as good as a holiday. I love it.
1: I have so many happy memories of us yeah. standing in the rain. Yeah. Depends what.
0: I think the rain only really affects a festival on the Friday or Friday morning because once you're wet, you're wet, and you're not going to get any more wet. And there's a point where you just go, "Oh, I'm wet now." (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but those those ones, and you get one every sort of maybe five or six, seven years, where it doesn't rain, but it isn't thirty degrees. They're the oh, yeah. fucking holy grail, twenty three yeah. degrees, so you can take your top off.
1: What was the one you know when um, Guns N' Roses played? And I remember yeah. this this so clearly. What you said, you said it's like, it's like somewhere Tesco's been selling a Guns N' Roses starter kit because there are yeah. all these, <laughs> like yeah. Karens wearing like yeah. the yeah. tech shirt,
0: the Guns and Roses t shirt, a bandana. But it was <laughs> like that there was there was like. a like a hairdresser at the uh, before they went in I was like sorry ladies we've got to cut your hair shorter a little bit shorter than that and spike it up at the sides and the back and and then a hairspray or or mousse the front down before you can come in sorry those are the rules after after you
1: that was the yeah I think Grant and I were really close to the front and then we both needed a wee we'd had a we've got like we grabbed two beers each we were like Right down the front, we're like, "Oh, this is awesome!" We drank our beers, and then we both just looked at each other, and we're like, oh, for fuck's sake!" (laughs) And then, but then we let we went for a wee, and we came back and met you, and you were further back, but the sound was so much better where you were. Always is. There's there's,
0: there's like a like a Goldilocks zone (laughs) of you know it's bad at the front, and when it's when it's further back, you sort of get the weird crossover of yeah different speakers. But there's there's a there's like a maybe a ten meter horseshoe that comes out round yeah. the stage about I don't know just past the first set of speakers that are facing backwards facing mm. towards the crowd on those big things yeah try and get that bit just don't stand right next to the speakers because that's horrible yeah
1: yeah that was good oh, and also I, I,
0: my mate Scoob was there that year and he's about. I think he's about nine or ten feet tall so it's like this is perfect honestly if you can get yourself a friend who's over six foot seven doesn't matter where you are well, there it is oh yeah it.
1: god once the first download Grant and I went together um I can't remember who we were watching but we it was there was quite a big crowd and we would just say it was just the two of us I don't think you were there that year or something or we hadn't found you or something like that and we stood in the crowd <laughs> me and um oh you, no, just, you okay?
0: just inhaled a bit of beer
1: carry on yeah and they was stood in the crowd and it was i think it was just before slash came on and grant was like i'm gonna have to go for going i have to go for it. and he didn't realize there were toilets right next to the stage and i was like oh fuck well i'll come with you and he was like no stay here i'll find her and i was like you are not finding me literally turn around and there's just like a sea of people and um he went off and i I was like, okay, well, I'm here by myself now. So I literally just made turn to the people next to me and I was like, we're going to be friends now. (laughs) And he didn't realise there were toilets closer to the stage. So that year, there were toilets out by the entrance the one he yeah. come in right at the top of the hill. Yeah, yeah. So we ran I up know. there, went for a wee up there, came down, but he found me and it was raining. So everyone had their hoods up. Yeah. I was just wearing a black hood and he fucking found me. And I turned around and I was like, what the fuck? It's like six cents there. It's like his <laughs> Jesus sense.
0: <laughs> uh, you can tell we haven't spoke for a while.
1: I know this is it. Talked, we've had a whole this is the week. longest
0: intro ever. Usually, we've spoken to each other like three or four times, and this like, well, can you fuck off my computer? Yeah,
1: now? all right, mate. Yeah, what, we have got nothing else to say. We spoke five minutes ago. Yeah, sorry, so, everyone. It's no, an exciting yeah, week.
0: that was a big, that was a long intro. I hope you enjoyed it. The the person who said they that they yeah. enjoy it. They enjoy it. <laughs> one person. So yeah, that that was for you. <laughs> just just for you. Uh, yeah. Shall we get our guest on? Yes,
1: Angelique. Angelique
0: Houtkamp. Yeah, this is episode 10 of How Much for a Sleeve with Angelique Houtkamp. Willies! How <laughs> Much for a Sleeve! Hello, we are very pleased to have Angelique Houtkamp with us today. Uh, she's from Salon Serpent in Amsterdam. Uh, we're delighted to have you on board. Thank you very much for coming and coming and chatting to us.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Lovely to be with you guys.
0: No problem. So, uh, because I do all of my research very well, and you d- definitely didn't just tell us <laughs> two minutes ago, uh, you're back. I- <laughs> you're back in uh, back in the studio and tattooing. And for the last couple of days, everything's opened up. How does that feel?
2: Yeah, so um, nice, so nice. It almost feels like because this is our second lockdown. We had one early last year, about a year ago, and this one seemed way heavier and longer and so we're all like super happy to be back at work me and my co-workers we're all like yeah children happy to be back at school
1: (laughs) I am so jealous (laughs) I can't imagine it feels like it's just been forever and I was starting to get worried that I might have forgotten how to tattoo so when we finish recording I'm actually going to tattoo my leg just so I can you know make sure I can still do it (laughs) yes Some of my coworkers like tattooed
2: their girlfriend or boyfriend like a week ago, just to be like, you know, can I still do
1: it? Get (laughs) What is this weird needle thing? Where does it go?
0: (laughs) 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 Jokes aside, that is for something that you've done every day for ages to not be able to do it for months. It was with anything. uh, You know, if I miss a couple of, training sessions for the sports I play I feel rusty when I go back to do it so surely it's surely it's the same thing so you know don't book in straight away is that what you're saying Lucy? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah you gotta go slowly <laughs> <laughs> let us get a couple of weeks of practice in and then book yeah in.
2: <laughs> but
1: I noticed some tattooers are more
2: uh, nervous about it than others it's the same as when you go on a holiday right you don't tattoo and then Some people are a bit like, oh, my first tattoo after the holidays.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I never had that problem. (laughs) What were you getting up to during the lockdown? Did you have any projects on the go? I had so many ideas for projects and I did shit. (laughs) I
2: I could not focus, like, it was so hard. Mm. Uh, Yeah, just did a whole bunch of nothing. Just like listen to music, My dogs to the park like lots and yeah found it really hard to really do something
1: yeah that's the general consensus here as well like in the first one everyone was really productive and this one we're just like just over it yeah there's like mental health has taken such a hit nationwide i think yeah worldwide yeah
2: And I had like, well, a whole bunch of chores I still could do in the shop, you know, while we were closed and didn't do. And uh, last weekend, like when we heard we were about to open, I did all of them in two days. I was like, (laughs) all of a sudden I had a purpose again to do something. Yeah. (laughs) Like reupholster some of the tattoo beds and like all this shit. It's like, yes. And I bet you were like, like damn why didn't I do this before and now you're like yeah. rushing around <laughs> yeah but you know I've heard a lot of people had this problem so I gave myself a pass I'm like okay this
1: is the weirdest time we'll probably ever have so I'm just gonna go with the flow yeah it's so easy to forget to be kind to yourself and and like we're in this unprecedented situation nobody really knows how to feel but everyone seems to be feeling the same and like everyone has been the same and that does make it feel a bit better not to have done anything yeah so yeah yeah. Yeah. we're all forgiven (laughs) (laughs) and so into tattooing how long have you been tattooing and how did you get into it
2: I've been tattooing for 20 years 22 years and it actually took me about 10 years to get into it before I first asked for an apprenticeship. And be yeah, it was 10 years later when I really started an apprenticeship. Uh, I, I guess it was harder then because it was harder to buy equipment. And I, I was afraid to do that anyway. So probably if I, I wouldn't have done it anyway. And there were so little shops that if there... They wouldn't give you an apprenticeship well that was it so that that's i guess that's why it was so hard for me to find an apprenticeship
1: do you think that it because like the 90s even then were they were so different to now do you think that it went against you being a female
2: i don't know i never really felt it that way and especially well, yeah yeah and the first shop where I worked, it was a bit of a shitty shop. They didn't really care. But then I went to Tattoo Peter in Amsterdam, which has a long tradition. It's been around since the 50s. Yeah. Uh, and the owner and everybody that worked there was, like, super cool. Nobody made me feel like, oh, you're the girl here to do girly stuff or whatever. They, I was just, yeah, one of the one of the team. So that was really good. So I never really felt that way. But of course, I think every female had that when you're at the desk and you're talking to a customer and they say, I want to talk to a tattooer. I'm like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Talking to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even some I've had it from females as well. And I'm like, oh that yeah. is that's me. Like I I will be doing your tattoo. And they're like, oh yeah. sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think it's, it's getting easier because there's way more female tattooers. But yeah. It's, I was also so surprised when I opened my shop 10 years ago that a lot of people, uh, because my first co-worker was a guy, assumed it was his shop or my husband's shop, or at least it was like our combined shop. Nobody thought, and even women thought it was my shop, just I put the shop together. It's so <laughs> interesting
1: that we still have this idea that, you know... Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I, I wonder what it'd be like in 20 years, if we're still going to have those same, that same sort of prejudice, I guess, but.
2: I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. so because I'm really loving what's happening right now that everybody yeah. is like being taught that this is not cool.
1: And yeah. we do make some changes and lots of people are, and
2: I really love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We are we're in a great time aren't we for change universal change in attitudes and 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 everything really yeah it's a great time yeah yeah Yeah, I I definitely feel that yeah
0: like social media has its um has its obviously its negatives but I feel that that is one thing that it has delivered around the world that um organizations and governments can't can't cover Mm -hmm. That uh, well, most of the world that they, they can't you know go in and change that or ban it and i think that's you know in england especially that i've seen that you know that's a good thing and it's getting these proper messages out and people who are bad people get called out and stay called out they don't hide behind something or put a spin on it unless they are the prime minister and then you somehow do get away with it but we're not a, <laughs> we're not the, we're not the politics pod
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know what I mean
0: I, I do think that's something yeah. cool that, that social media has done for all of its faults it does it does yeah. let that but then you've got that you're, you're weighing that off against all of the the fake news that comes out on on it yeah well. that's I, it yeah so it is yeah a yeah 50 50 so
1: many positives and negatives to social media yeah. and I suppose when when you first started out Angelique you would there was none of that you just none. had to rely on magazines and I can't even
2: imagine anymore like oh but I also did not like that so much because then it was up to one guy at the magazine whether he was going to put your work in or not (laughs) at least with social media you can post your work and it's up to the rest of the people to say whether they like it or not not just one person at a magazine
1: yeah
2: so yeah you have people have a bit more control over what they want to see and what they like and what they want to promote.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So when you first started out, well, how was your style evolved and how would, what would you describe your style as now? Um, still old school. I, I started, I,
2: I think I immediately loved old school the best. So that's the flash I made. But when I started tattooing, there, there wasn't, the best thing you could be as a tattooer was an all round tattooer, which is the opposite of now it's much more it's much better if you are very specialized, which makes sense you know because if you specialize in something, then you'll get better at that one thing. but back then no you were you were really like the cats meow if you could do like everything if you were all round, so that's what I tried to be.
1: Would you still encourage an apprentice to be good at everything?
2: Yeah, but yeah. they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah, whatever, grandma.
2: <laughs> it's like, because, yeah, no, it's, I mean, I still think it's it's good for people to do that, but lots of people go like, you know, this is what I want to do. And people want everything so fast, you know? They want to be famous within a year. They want to do only what they want to do in a year. And they learned pretty quickly that it doesn't come that easy for most people, that they still have to put in a lot of hours and time before that happens, if it happens
1: at all, you know. Yeah, that's it. And like back to social media, people put so much emphasis on like your successes measured in your followers or your likes and stuff. And God, Starting a page now, like we started one for the podcast, and it's so hard to build up the following. And I yeah. just sort of I was really lucky with mine because I have been touched here in like I don't know seven years or something now. And when I first started doing what I did, it sort of snowballed fairly quickly because there weren't many people doing it. So it just sort of happened really organically. And now looking trying to build up that following on our social media and our podcast social media where it's like god this is hard <laughs> yeah and yeah so it's easy for people to get to think oh well i want to have 50,000 followers and then i'll be successful but yeah that's that shit's hard yeah yeah for sure and i also think
2: because i think for our, for tattoos instagram is the social media that we like to use I also feel like it's not working as well as it was a few years ago, especially since the pandemic. It feels like some weeks I'm losing a hundred and then
1: it's just being a bit erratic. So yeah. yeah. My followers go down quicker than they go up. Like I'm just, I feel like I'm hemorrhaging followers. Do you think that's
0: that's because people are are thinking, oh, she's not posting much anymore. Is that because you're not doing much and you're not constantly giving new things for them to. I don't engagement. know it may
2: it may also be like ghost accounts that follow you or yeah uh, because well like a few weeks ago I think I had like I lost 200 followers in uh in a week And I was like I find it hard to believe that 200 people actively unfollow me yeah. instead of ignore me hmm. so I'm like yeah. there must be something in the Instagram that does that yeah. It's annoying that we don't know anything about Instagram. They won't tell
1: us shit, you know. up? I know. know. Yeah, I know. They just want you to pay now for everything, and and then you'll it'll do what you want it to do. Yeah. Well, so that might even
2: be better, you know, if we can just pay for our social media to act the way we want it to act. But yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's it. So if, you, if you're it. paying
0: for it, you're probably less likely to get. Blokes hiding behind accounts being awful to everyone. Yeah, that yeah. might be a good thing.
1: Less spam.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> all of that. And um, back onto your your style. When I so I was lucky enough to come to Salon and Serpent. It must be a couple of years ago now. Yeah. And do a guest spot there. And when I was there, I was looking through all the flash at the front of the shop, and there's your work and various artists, and then there's Angie Noir. And I said to Sue, I was like, who is this? Am I going to meet them? And he was like, it's Angelique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you still have that, like, alias? And can you talk about, like, your, your reasons behind having two separate sort of personas? Not
2: anymore. But uh, at one point, uh, I did really like that style. A bit more, like, smaller, daintier, ornamental stuff. And I had a feeling it kind of drowned in my regular accounts And... I think after uh, two years or something, I set up the separate account, and that worked much better. Because I I also realized with social media is people really want to see a consistent page, or I don't know if they really want to see it, it makes them understand uh, better what you do and makes it easier for them to go like, I like what she does, I want something from her. Instead of they see a whole lot of different things, they don't really know what to pick or choose that's the feeling I get and and it did work so and I've, I've noticed more people doing it. I didn't invent it I saw somebody else do it and I was like oh that's actually kind of smart
1: so yeah I think it 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 does work yeah there was another artist that um at Daredevil and she her one true love was traditional American traditional So she had an American traditional page and then the bill paying stuff was fine line, black and gray. So she had the two separate pages, but just like the same sort of name. And yeah, that it does. Yeah, that's it. Like, because it just keeps your Instagram feeds consistent. And maybe that's why I'm losing so many followers because all my Instagram at the moment, is like, please buy this. Please buy this one. (laughs) Listen to my podcast. (laughs) Yeah, please listen to the podcast.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's just, the, the Corona Instagram, you know, everybody's speed
1: is different now. Yeah. yeah. We're not working Maybe. every day. That's it. Maybe everyone's just quitting Instagram because they're so sick of being asked for money. <laughs>
2: yeah, that could be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you must have missed having guest artists. Oh, um, coming so in the much, show. so much, yeah. Because
2: that have was you- a big part of our shop that we had a lot of them and we really enjoyed it. so we're like okay a few more months then we probably can have guests again it's coming it's almost there yeah
1: can have you got any artists from within Europe like mainland Europe are they able to travel to Amsterdam or I don't don't, I'm not really sure about the status to travel
2: um it's it's changes all the time so I think in the first uh lockdown we were just rebooking guests thinking it would all be like okay soon and that yeah of course it wasn't and we had uh in the summer period we were working and we had two guests but both of them were from other countries but they were in the netherlands and then i was like yeah okay just come you know then that'll work
1: yeah Yeah.
2: Because I think the rest of Europe, they're still like advising you just to stay in your country. Because yeah, you never know.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, not to sort of travel around and yeah. But it's just um, it's sad and not to be able to plan any guest spots. They're the best part of tattooing. Yeah,
2: yeah, so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah, get I've, to travel? I've, I've,
1: uh, no, I
2: didn't travel at all. I also didn't make any plans. I saw so many people like around me, like have their travel plans shattered and tickets like didn't know if they could get their money back and i'm like yeah i'm not booking anything until yeah this is over
1: did um before we had the pandemic did you do guest spots yourself or have you kind of slowed down on that yeah
2: yeah 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 i feel mostly people do it uh at the start of their career because it's so nice to meet all the people and do all that stuff. And I have two dogs now, which also makes it a bit harder to travel. And now, now I like, if I travel, I like to not work and have a
1: holiday. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you gonna rebook your annual Salon Serpent family holiday?
2: Uh, yeah, we have to. We, we, were, we were, I think we were like debating right when the pandemic hit last year, where we were gonna go, if we were gonna go to Croatia or maybe Greece. So we were like, and then it was like, no.
0: What's this, So is this where you, you and the staff have a, have a jolly? Yeah,
2: That's we've lovely. done it a few times. The first time we went to Portugal because mm-hmm. two of our uh, tattoos are from Portugal. and We joked right. about it. Uh, us visiting his dad. And then it became a reality. We went like, yeah, let's let's go and do it. And we went to Porto and it was super nice. And then 2019, we rented like a big mansion in France. Lovely. With wow. a swimming pool, and we had the best time. It was so much fun.
1: We can't wait to come with you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, then we need a
2: really big mansion, <laughs> Tell us a mansion well, where we don't work and just sit by the pool.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? And um, the hairdressers opposite our shop, they, um, the owner of that organizes a surprise Christmas do every year and they go away for a weekend just to like a city break and she never tells them where they're going until they get to the airport and then she like hands them the tickets and they'll go to Lisbon or they go to Madrid uh, or something. Oh, so cool. That is cool. Yeah, such a good idea. Yeah, Imagine like really not good. knowing though. I'd be like, "Well, am I packing ski boots or packing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's maybe something? Idea, actually. Maybe
2: I'll do that next time."
1: <laughs> yes, come to um come to Stone Market, yeah. <laughs> the little sleepy town in Suffolk where I'm from. Well, where I work. Can <laughs> do that. Oh, were you meant to be working the London Convention? No 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 September seen... right yeah and now it's over yeah, it's yeah. so sad about yeah. that I feel like it's the end of an era yeah London convention was
2: yeah I, I think at least for Europeans like one of the biggest conventions uh, yeah yeah, yeah. It is are the there any
1: an are there any big conventions in in Holland um No,
2: not there's, there's a bunch of little ones, but no, like main ones. uh, No. And maybe also because of the social media and people being so uh, it being so easy to for tattooers to connect with each other because of that, the conventions maybe became not as necessary anymore. I don't know. Of course, it's still a fun party and everything. But before social media, you could only really meet new people if you went to conventions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I think the last one we went to as a shop was Brighton. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we did that a few times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know Perry was there last, well, not last year, the year before. He was working on a booth next to me. Yeah. And uh, he dated my friend and did this lovely little... um, like scorpion on her hands and that was great yeah nice to see a familiar face because I don't think it was that long before I'd been out in Amsterdam and it was like oh (laughs) so nice to so nice to see you I want to come back to Amsterdam and yeah (laughs) (laughs) have you had any disasters with guest stars? because it must be a bit of a, a risk like inviting people that you don't know yeah um actually when I think of the number
2: of guest artists we we've had it's actually been really good but yeah there's been a few uh but but yeah the one the
1: biggest disaster he also left the same day (laughs) (laughs) Oh. oh no without like I guess without naming names but like what was so bad Feel um, free to name, but, you know.
2: <laughs> um, It it was just like, because we asked people not to uh, have their girlfriends or family in the shop while they're working, and I think his girlfriend came, and when I realized that she was staying, I told her it was not possible, because we're also a small, busy shop, you know, there's not, and they basically said, like, no, 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 she's staying, and I was like, hmm no sorry she cannot stay and she's like yeah she's staying and I'm like no and it just became this like yes no thing <laughs> and I was like dude you're in my shop this is like and I told I tell people beforehand you know we tell them how we work so then he just packed his stuff and he left
0: and I'm oh like oh, good yes yeah, kind of strange but oh. you wouldn't do that in someone's house it's th- they're coming to you using your yeah. it's like uh, yeah not not my house my rules but it's like yeah, we're pretty relaxed here, but you can't you can't just bring other people here or make your own rules up that. Yeah, you know, the shop still has its own identity and rules that you're coming in to play a little part of that for a couple of days. Yeah, very very weird. Yeah. And
1: Salon Serpent seems like such a well-oiled machine in that it was such a good um, guesting experience because you did provide all this information. This is how it works. This is how it is. And it's worked for you for this long so you come in knowing that it's obviously going to run well and but it so yeah that's that's so funny people I guess they just don't read the information or you know just think well it'll be okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah yeah I know it is is, I think this is the same as with customers right you want to give them all the information they need but if you send them like this long uh, you know they're not going to read it. Yeah. so you, you you yourself have, have to pick and, and say like okay this is what's really important and let's not make the email too long otherwise they'll quit like at the email <laughs> so i realized for people that you know too much text doesn't work very well <laughs> keep it as short as possible
1: and <laughs> um, so outside of tattooing have you got any hobbies do you do anything else um
2: well my hobbies are mostly my dogs at the moment because your dog children yeah my dog children <laughs> yeah because they just they take time and I like to be outside with them so that's that's what I
1: do a lot I like a little bit of gardening and yeah so that's what I do so I did Obviously, I've known you for a few years and but I still thought I'd do a little Google search before having you on, just in case there was anything major that I didn't know. And there was something in that you have been in a couple of bands, including a death metal band. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Please Face tell hugger. us about
1: it.
2: Yeah. The name is Facehugger. It was an all girls death metal band. Sort of Amazing. So death metal band. I think I was 22 or something. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, we were pretty shit, but it was (laughs) still very cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What did you play in the band? Uh, I played bass guitar. Yeah, yeah, it
2: was super cool. And then a few years down the line, I played in like a surf band where my sister was the drummer. That was also really nice. Yeah, we played a lot with that band up to a point where I was like, Yeah, I don't like it anymore. We play too much. I can't go and see the bands that I want to see because I'm playing. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you ever think about having like a death metal reunion or forming a Salon Serpent band? No, no,
2: we could. (laughs) (laughs) Salon (laughs) Serpent band. Yeah, for sure.
1: That (laughs) would be nice. I'd come and see you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, could, uh, you could combine your guest um, tattooing with guest vocals, Lucy. Hello.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And one. we could like we could like sample a tattoo machine in the background or something like that. <laughs> and Mick does a really good death metal scream. No, I'm not going to do it now. Oh, actually, no, you have it's to. Like now I said it. No, not. Grunt. <laughs>
0: I'm not. I'm not doing it because if I don't do it, it will just be embarrassed, and I'll have to. Um, I'll have to cut it out. <laughs> So we're not going to do that now. <laughs> but to- but
1: if it goes wrong, you can always, you know, take it out.
0: Lu- and, Lu- don't <laughs> Lucy and I, to-
1: I think what Angelique's saying is if you don't do it, then this is the end of our interview.
0: Salon serpent.
2: Very good. Very from, good.
0: From, from um, yelling, Lucy and I used to work together and I used to pass messages to her uh, like that. So that's one of, the, one of the reasons we became friends, like, Tim has called, <laughs> can you find a book? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: so we used to work at a, like a software company together and um, I was, we were just in like an office of computers and I think Mick hadn't been there very long, literally a few days and I was sitting at my desk and I was obviously listening to something and like bobbing my head or whatever. And Vic was like, uh, Lucy, what are you listening to? And I don't know what it was. I'm going to say Slipknot or something. And, and then that that was when our friendship was formed. I think so. We were like, oh, we like metal together. we friends.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, then as discussed previously on this, Lucy drew dicks all over my stuff. And and here we are Here we are now, eight years <laughs> later.
2: knots
1: and dicks on your face. Yeah, that's a way to become fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, then, okay. and now here we are.
1: Yeah, a friendship formed on Slipknot and Diggs. Yeah,
0: there is no so the, better basis. Here, here. <laughs> um, as a as a non-tattooer myself, um, I, I recognise your your stuff, and I see your style e- um, everywhere, especially the the woman's face and the the women with the tattoos on them in the blue. Uh-huh. Is is that is that from people ripping you off or is that things that you've done that you've put out as flash for people to buy?
2: Uh, both. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, and also, of course, certain things is just style and mm. not really
0: ripping no. off, you know. Yeah. Some things yeah. you
1: can't really you claim can't. as your own. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Fine. I think you do very distinctive faces though and I remember like having seen those for so long and then when I was coming to the shop I was like I sort of put two and two together and fangled over who you were because <laughs> <laughs> it is quite just dis- well just a distinct they sort of like 1920s style flapper girls just yeah beautiful yeah yeah I love I love doing those yeah girls faces so nice Do you still get asked for lots of... Well, do you still do much tattooing at all? No, I don't do that much tattooing
2: anymore. Yeah, I slow down a little
1: bit. Yeah, I guess at at some point you sort of have to really with sore hands and sore back and sore eyes and...
2: (laughs) Yeah, And, and also sometimes you think, you know, to still come up with new ways to do things is also difficult. And, uh, and I had um, uh, chemotherapy six years ago uh, for, um, not leukemia, but I don't know what the name is in English. It's for your glands, you know? Lymphoma. Lymph. Yeah, lymphoma. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I had. And I noticed afterwards, it's a little bit harder for me to focus on things. And apparently that has to do with chemo as well. It can, it can like, affect your brain a little bit. Plus, I moved to a house with a garden. Plus, I got two dogs, which before, I had I, all I did was tattooing, you know? Mm. So I spent all my time on tattooing. And now all of a sudden, I had all these other things. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe it's okay if I, you know, take, take it easier a little bit. So I allowed myself to do that.
1: <laughs> i think you deserve to do that relax yeah a bit more. yeah, yeah. yeah. So no <laughs> i you know i take care of stuff
2: in the shop together with sale uh when there wasn't any corona i always like dealt with guest artists trying to find cool guest artists and things like that and so made the websites i always like change the website and work on the website so there's still lots of things that i love to do
1: that still to really
2: busy shop. Yeah, I'm I'm always in the shop. It's not, I'm not somebody that's like, oh, I have a tattoo shop, bye guys. See you, uh, come and pick up the money at the end of the week.
1: I, <laughs> I don't like that at
2: all. I love to be here, yeah.
1: Do you feel that, that you have more, there's more responsibility now to look into guest artists before inviting them? Because you've been an, like an activist in the Me Too movement, um, and so much has come out about so many tattooists who were previously respected. How, well, yeah, I'll go back to what I said. Like, do you feel like you've got more responsibility when inviting people? Um, I really don't
2: think you can research that. It's, it's, you know, I've, I've heard from people who were in shops where everybody was like really aware of this issue and still they could do this under the radar. Because that's what they're good at, you know, and otherwise they wouldn't be able to do this. Uh so no, I, I think that's impossible. Yeah. It will still it will still happen, I think, but um I think the thing that I try to do is make people and especially girls more comfortable to talk about it, to say that it was uncomfortable experience or whatever. And it's still hard. I feel a lot of people still not feel comfortable talking about it if if something happened that they didn't like in a tattoo shop.
1: Yeah. And it it has done wonders, like (laughs) making people aware of what is okay and what is not okay, what's not acceptable behavior. I suppose so many more people have gone, oh, actually like, yeah, I did feel really uncomfortable in that situation, but I didn't think of it as an abuse of power or or so on. So, so much good has come from this whole movement in the last, well, it's just really been in the last year that it's all coming out about tattooists, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think also, of course there are tattooers that like grossly uh, abuse their power, but there's a lot of like smaller things, you know, sexist remarks or touching where it's really not cool, like, slapping your co-workers' client on her butt when she's laying on the tattoo table, stuff like that where it's a joke. But I think hopefully because of this, uh, a lot of tattooers will think about these things that they're doing more and go like, you know, if I wouldn't want this to happen to my sister. Have have we lost Angelique
1: or is it?
0: Yeah. Just wait till she'll come back and we'll just... help a bit sorry I'm sorry that We've, cut
1: out then just after you said um how some how would you feel if it was your sister i think the internet went and we lost everything okay. after that <laughs> um what did i say <laughs> um, i think you were talking about how people might think more about their actions as a result of and yeah stuff I, mean, I up. think
2: a lot of a lot of blokes might see uh, a lot of things they do as jokes maybe a bit sexist jokes but uh, uh, they don't necessarily want to be malicious or mean to be malicious you know when they're actually they're, they're not really thinking about what they're doing and maybe by addressing these things a bit more they're maybe thinking a bit more uh, about this, that this is really annoying for women you know to feel this way and and a tattoo shop you are really vulnerable you know and it is always a bit daunting a tattoo shop so i think tattooers should be more aware of that
0: yeah i think yeah. Some, something that i've i've noticed is that in women who are in male dominated situations there there's always this uh, it doesn't matter i can deal with it but i've always thought that you you shouldn't it, the fact that you're deciding whether or not you can deal with the situation means you shouldn't be in that situation anyway because it's not fair it shouldn't be a
1: factor should it yeah
0: and also that you know it's just a bit of banter come on can't you take a joke it's probably what blokes don't understand is that that won't be the first time that that woman has had that she probably had someone say to it when she was walking someone wolf whistling out of a van someone staring at her while she's buying a coffee in the morning you know and all of these things and it will be the the one that the straw that broke the camel's back when they flip and say, fuck off, stop doing that. They're like,
2: ooh,
0: emotional, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself together, it's just a joke. And yeah. bl- blokes don't get that and still don't in my, yeah. my experience.
2: Yeah, and I, well, I hopefully there will a bit more. Of course, of course, it's difficult if you're not a woman, you never felt these things. So it's funny, I always say to my, uh, we have a street in Amsterdam that used to have like loads of gay bars and also hardcore leather gay bars. But sometimes you had to walk through that street to get to other clubs. And some of my male friends would get really intimidated by all these gay dudes and say like, somebody touched me while walking through the street. I'm like, you know, that's exactly, that's, girl's, that's a girl's life. Every single night that she goes out to party, you know? But don't be upset. That's just the way it is. And then like- they finally get a glimpse
1: you're like I've dealt with this my whole life (laughs) you've had a three minute walk and somebody touched your bum yeah yeah but I
2: think I think this is a good good time where I think everybody's becoming a bit more aware of course there's some people who are like don't like the progress and don't want think everything is like being made a big fuss about but I think most people understand that a lot of these things are pretty outdated and need to need to be brought up to date.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's so, like we were saying earlier about just change, it is so nice to see these changes and there is people who are just fighting so hard for them and it's so nice it, to see it sort of come to fruition. And yeah, but then Mick mentioned earlier that as somebody who has sent these stories, people are reaching out to you, their experiences it must really take its toll on you to hear them.
2: Yeah yeah I did. I I was uh, last year summer I was there were periods where I was on my phone day and night like answering people and posting and uh, helping people set up me Too pages and it was getting a bit too much because it's a never-ending stream of people who message you so after a few months, I took a step back because, yeah, it, it's really too much. And uh, now I post things every now and then if, if like somebody really asks me to or brings me a story where it's, you know, because I tell people well, I'm not Sherlock Holmes. If you say to me, like, I think that guy's dodgy is like, I, I can't do anything. I need people to tell me a few stories. Or people post stories and I can repost, you know, and bring attention to it. Uh, that's, that's something I can do. But yeah, it, it is pretty tough to listen to all these things. And, and also people uh, who tell me uh, things from outside of tattooing. That's why I know it's not just the tattooer's thing. We're just like very active on social media. And that's why we can address yes. it on social media. But I hear a lot of people uh, being harassed uh, by by doctors in the medical profession. So it's not when people say like, "Ooh, tattooing has dodgy people walking around."
1: It's like, no, it's everywhere.
0: Everywhere has, has it.
1: We're addressing yeah. it yeah. as best exactly. as we can. We yeah. have a platform that we're able to use for yeah. it, so that's why we are able to to raise the awareness of it. But things like doctors and stuff, who's going to do that?
2: yeah where do you go and the and and the power balance is even even worse there even in universities still you know where that professor is going to decide whether you are going to be a professor one day or not you know as a tattooer you can leave the shop and go do some work at another shop or set up your own shop as uh, as a doctor you can't yeah
1: yeah it's crazy i just um yeah it was really intense for a few months when there was so much going on you literally just couldn't open social media without seeing somebody else being pulled out and I know there was like a few people who were really working really hard um just receiving like yourself receiving lots of stories and this seemed to be it just felt a bit dangerous in parts like there's such a fine line between illegal behavior and somebody just being a bit of a dick. And there were so many accounts of like somebody maybe sending a dick pic or saying like, oh, you know, if you give us a blowy, I'll give you a tattoo for free and, and things like that. And then there was people who were being prosecuted and hundreds of accounts of abuse were coming out. There was just, yeah, it was so full on for anybody, let alone somebody who was receiving it all. So I really commend you and everyone else, like the people like I think Lucy Pigeon and Gemma, even Joe Black was involved in it and the Milieu Tatty Union, everyone who was putting that together just worked so hard and must have really struggled in parts yeah. to do it. So right. well done to everybody for doing that. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And probably still continuing. Oh yeah. Like it's like it's done, I think.
1: Yeah definitely yeah. so on a on a lighter note do you still get tattoos have you got ooh. any space
2: ooh yeah i still have some space it's been it's been a little bit of time since i got my last one maybe a year and a half i've noticed throughout the years it comes in waves a little bit yeah and now i really feel like i want to have a new tattoo i don't feel like getting tattoos you know <laughs> And, and, you know, at one point I will want to get tattooed again, but I do think you have to commit to the pain and go like, "Yeah, I, so, I so want to get tattooed right now. That's look, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it."
1: That's how I feel today, but I'm definitely copping <laughs> out because I've put numbing cream on, so my leg's currently ah! wrapped up in cling film. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate getting tattooed plus I'm doing like my so just below my knees. So it's a really shitty place. Uh, yeah. so if I can make it better then I will
0: is that is that <laughs> a thing that you're allowed to use numbing cream but only on yourself <laughs> is that how it works there there is a thing that I'd, I've i never understood it why if there's something that makes it a little bit more relaxing and a little bit easier why wouldn't you use it but there is a thing that like, can you use numbing cream on I me mean, they're like no you can't I'm not why is that is there is there a reason is it a consent thing is it a you've got to understand what it is that you're getting we can't just turn pain off for a bit why why is
1: it can really affect the skin in my experience so it brings fluid to the surface it can make it harder to tattoo and also once it wears off it can make it more sensitive and more painful so if you're using it it's better for like a shorter period so I'm well aware I'm probably only going to do the outline because when it wears off I'll be like no, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> I can feel it. I'm done. <laughs>
0: right, that's it. That is that's that's a really good answer because I I didn't know that. I just assumed it was a it was a macho thing. No. You've got you've got to know what you're getting. Oh, I of, if, I I it might be. I think for
2: some people it is. Like they think it's part of it. It's part of the ritual. If for, yeah. for you to earn that tattoo, it's not just the money. It's yeah. also the pain.
0: Yeah, in the process. But that's- I
2: agree that's- with what you said, Lucy, because I have a big piece on my hip. And I I think that was my most painful tattoo and I could not lay still. So my body was like shaking all the time. So for my second session, it was the first time I used numbing cream and it healed so shitty. And I was that same night, I was in a lot of pain that I didn't have while I was getting tattooed and I'm not happy at all with how it healed. So I I do think your skin needs to react to the damage that is being done by the tattooing immediately. And yeah. there may be something by numbing it that your body doesn't realize that the skin is yeah. being damaged. So I, I don't need, know the exact biology behind that, but I do think it's it's better to do it without.
0: Although, although I do
2: know people have back pieces done with numbing cream, and it looks amazing.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. Our piercer, he when he had his throat, he had his like throat, literally this whole neck done at a convention. And he put, um, he only had enough numbing cream for half of it. <laughs> and literally, <laughs> so the half that he put it on, it took two weeks longer to heal than the side mm-hmm. that um, he didn't use it on. Yeah.
2: yeah, so, yeah. so
1: science, what you said, like, science. yeah. Yeah, science in there, biology. Yeah. Um, and if, if anyone knows,
0: feel free to tell us. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's that's a valid reason. I think that 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 clears that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but I'm generally, like, fairly a liberal with the bactine or the numbing spray if somebody's really struggling because it does make your life a little bit easier if they yeah, especially if they you, it. If
2: you like Vaccine and numbing spray is illegal in holland oh enough. is it
1: yeah yeah are you allowed to use it well they changed the licensing laws on it and i think it was like a certain percentage of lidocaine i'm not really sure uh, but there is another there is a company who um can't think what they're called butterlux, I think. And they say on the label, it will say like 5%. But when you see them at convention, they're like, it's 20%. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all the laws did change some time ago. But normally, like when I go to the States, you can buy vaccine in a pharmacy there. So I just stock up and bring it back.
2: No, but- no we're not allowed to use it. We can only use
1: numbing cream if the customer brings it and they got it from their, uh, yeah, their that's- practitioner that's the same yeah. here we can't okay. supply numbing cream but the spray I think because of the percentage is slightly different or it's not a prescribed it doesn't yeah, like yeah not sure but yeah we can't provide numbing cream but the spray I don't I might be totally wrong but I think it's okay to use okay yeah but, hmm, interesting I'll bring it with me then when when you tattoo me Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good
0: idea good idea
1: <laughs> is there anybody that you really want to get tattooed by
2: oh uh, still there's still a few of my coworkers who I haven't got tattooed by so they're on the top of my list um yeah and of course also with the amount of guest artists that we had we have so many amazing people that every time you go like ooh, I should get a tattoo by this person I love their work but yeah it's not I cannot get tattooed every week we so really would not have space anymore but no, i really think it's a it's a matter of uh you know you have these waves where you're like i'm okay with the pain and then i usually get a whole bunch in a year and then i'm like um, i'm done for now for a bit yeah
1: yeah i know what you mean and i find if i when i get a tattoo then i want another one quite quickly whereas if i leave it six months i'd sort of go off the idea and think oh no it hurts too much i don't want one yeah um so a couple of people that we have spoken to this week we spoke to michelle miles from daredevil in new york and she told us a lot about the history of tattooing in new york um we're speaking to people who are like old timers in la we're speaking to Lau hardy on sunday so lots of history. Is there anything you can tell us about the history of tattooing in Amsterdam or in the Netherlands? I know from Tattoo
2: Peter that he was, he was the first shop to open in Amsterdam. And it is one of the oldest shops in Europe. One of the three oldest or something. And I worked, uh, Tattoo Peter wasn't, he's, he's been gone for a while. I worked with his stepson, who was the owner of the shop. And yeah, there was a lot of amazing stories. Uh, apparently, he would, uh, because this is in the Red Light District, which was the Sailor District. So it's really close to the harbor. So the sailors would come in, get tattooed, get drunk, and go to the prostitutes, as you do when you're a sailor. You know? <laughs> and, and he, at first, he would just um, he would sell postcards at bars and cafes. And then he started tattooing and some of the owners of cafes would allow him to do some tattooing in the back of the cafe and then when he had made enough money he opened this tiny shop in the basement and then he opened the shop around the corner from that that's where i worked for a few years because he needed a bit more space and i just and he had a wooden leg which is like what (laughs) like you're, all this and you also have a wooden leg can't get any cooler than that very, everybody a different story on how he lost his leg he wouldn't tell a good <laughs> story because the real story probably was boring so he would always make up stories uh, about how he lost it so
1: yeah i'd probably do that as well to be honest yeah <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah why not right
1: yeah. oh that's great what an experience Did you do like a proper traditional sort of apprenticeship in there?
2: No, because I worked at another shop before, um, for a year and they didn't really care. (laughs) It was just like, yeah, that was shitty. And I didn't know when I started working there. I also didn't know what to look for, what would be a good tattoo shop and whatnot. I just was really happy I had a space where I could learn. But after a year, I was really like, yeah, I wasn't enjoying that, not learning anything. So I went to Tattoo Peter. Uh, But I actually kind of wished I had gotten a traditional like apprenticeship, because you know, if somebody really spends that time on your scale and teaches you how to do things properly, I, I don't know if it makes a difference, but sometimes I think it does. But not everybody has a great teacher
1: either, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess you just have to be lucky. Like through everybody that we've spoken to, I don't think anyone has said that they've had the traditional apprenticeship as we would imagine it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot anymore. Yeah.
2: When I started, still a lot of people I met my age had gotten like a proper apprenticeship, but it was already changing a little bit then. Yeah. Because it took a long time, you know, to teach somebody. Uh, Yeah. So a lot of people didn't have the patience, but also shop owners didn't always have the patience. They just needed somebody to come and work. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And I really noticed as well that people would get an apprenticeship And would stay, like, typically they would be asked to stay five years in exchange for the apprenticeship, but people would leave after a year, start their own shop, like shit, like that would start to happen. And that's when you already knew, like, okay, this is going down the drain, this system. (laughs) And in a way, it's also kind of nice that it's not so rigid anymore. But I also see a lot of young tattooers doing things where I'm like, if you would have had an apprenticeship, you would have known that this is going to look shit in two years. So a lot of that is happening, but yeah. What can you do? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that must be difficult. Like you must have, because you've got such a high like traffic of guest artists, you must see people tattooing and think like, oh, that's weird. Or (laughs) like, I suppose you see so many different people.
2: Yeah, you mean that maybe some of the guest artists I
1: see that I question how well that's gonna stay? Exactly. Or just like questionable techniques and and everything. Uh,
2: Yeah, yeah, Uh, that happens sometimes. But also I had to change my view on what is a good tattoo because you know what i was thought was a good tattoo is not what most people think is a solid good tattoo now people will take way more liberties and if if that's what customers want and you keep saying no and no and no then you're just you have no business so you have to sort of go with the rest of the people you know what what they're doing so i'm now more of the mindset that if it just it's just going to need a touch up in a few years, I'm fine. But if it's going to get blurry and one big black block, which you cannot fix, I'm not fine with that. So I think, I think, you know, you know what I mean? If it's too fine and painting, and you think half of that's going to fall
1: out, I'm like, it's okay.
2: You can touch it up and it'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that is a really good way to look at it. Just, you know, changing your own, perception of what is a good tattoo and I look at stuff and think god like that is so fine how is that gonna how what is that gonna look like and then I see it three years later and I go shit that's still amazing (laughs) how the fuck did they do that (laughs) some people are so good at fine line and it, it looks amazing yeah yeah like back to Perry I remember seeing something he did I don't know if it was like a cobweb or super fine, like single needle cobweb, I think. And I was like on a neck, was that on uh, Brew's neck or something? And I just was like, whoa, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> There was just, just yeah. like-
2: He did one on Bru, he also did one on Sil, uh, tiny cobweb on the, on his neck. Yeah, it's, it's yeah.
0: Just because you it mentioned all him a few looks times. Amazing. Who is Perry? We've mentioned him a few times.
2: Perry Smick, okay. he's a tattooer from Melbourne, who's originally from New Zealand, who's been working with us for the past two years. And he makes very fine line prism style work a Ooh. little bit. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I, I like his, his work is so, I really love his work. So that's probably why I've like, mentioned him and I follow him on Instagram so every time I see it I'm like wow <laughs> yeah and yeah I, I don't see his
2: lines falling out his work stays like really well of course I think sometimes lines are so small it's not even a matter of falling out it's just your body absorbs the ink because yeah. there's so little ink in the tiny little hairline that your body will just gradually absorb it but yeah yeah, you know if that's what people want and and they're willing to get a touch up in a few years yeah
1: that's 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 it yeah and I suppose like what some people a lot of customers I try and really remind customers to look at pictures of healed tattoos because they see they're constantly seeing pictures of fresh tattoos on Instagram Mm -hmm. and then all tattoos change they all change when they're healed and people can come back and say oh it's slightly different to when it was fresh and it's like that's just because this is your tattoo like when it's fresh that's just a fresh tattoo and I feel like I'm not that I have it but I try and encourage customers to be aware that the tattoos will change over time yeah
2: especially yeah, with the fine
1: line stuff
2: yeah but, but also with hands you know all of a sudden everybody wanted something at the side of their hand or like in between their fingers luckily i found a photo somewhere from i think it was an american tattooer who tattooed three fingers on the side of a hand took a photo of it fresh took a photo of it three weeks later with the half fallen out of it so i kept that photo on my computer and every time somebody comes in to ask for that well it's hard if you say to people it'll fall out and people are not that uh uh you know they don't know that much about tattooing they go like fall fall out what does that mean i don't even understand and you show them then they go like oh yeah that's not what i want (laughs) discussion you can it's so nice to show them yeah uh, it's good if you if you have a photo it's something like that or we'll tell people we'll do it it's not a problem we can do it but this is what's going to look like and we don't do free touch up and then people think about it a little bit different but it I is hard to... with all the Pinterests and everything, where everything, with Pinterest, there's even photos of tattoos that aren't really tattoos. It's yeah, like photo Photoshop. Forms. And then people bring that yeah. in. It's like it's not a tattoo. It's not possible. You know, there's fake news so much. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I think I, I think I've actually done that myself. My girlfriend. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend wanted um <laughs> wanted a, a wave. On her, and we sent a picture to Lucy. So, can you do something like this? And Lucy went no. And I was like, oh, why not? And you go because it's not real. And I was like, isn't it? And you said, yeah. Look, because there was like some some of the surf was coming off, and it was actually the, the picture was that bad. It was coming off the skin and not the table behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, oh, yeah. and, uh, sorry, mate didn't didn't notice. As you wear, as you wear, we'll find something else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wear. Yeah, it is a problem and you can't really blame customers, you know, because they go and look on Pinterest and they think, yeah. oh yeah, I want something like that and but you also, just also, have to it's...
0: disappoint them. And that's a yeah. skill that I guess you learn after being a tattooist for a while that of, of being able to say to someone who's got an idea, but the execution of that idea they've brought into you is a bit naff and it's a skill of being going, that's a really cool idea, but, and then you steer them down a path of something that's going to look good, going to stay for ages... And then yeah. and then they're gonna love rather than yeah giving them something that they that they want at that time, which is gonna be good for a year, maybe. Yeah,
2: you know, that's a really good just, skill to have yeah. for for the tattoo artist and make Definitely. the person feel good about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's good yeah. when the customer does listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you can try and advise them and they do take into account what you're saying rather than just going, No, that's what I want. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and sometimes you just have to go then i don't think i'm the tattooer for you because i cannot do what you want so
1: yeah ask somebody else yeah yeah and that's another skill is just knowing when to just think it's not worth it well not that it's not worth it but you know being able to just say okay well i can't do it like that so i can recommend somebody else yeah so, yeah, and yeah. when
2: and when to end a discussion and whether you want to, like, you know, convince somebody to do it in another way. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. That's tricky as well. I also see in, in my shop here that some people are naturally so good at it and other people, they really have to learn how to talk to customers and explain things to them. So it doesn't come off as... Uninterested or rude or anything, you know. It's also a skill. Like it's almost like a salesman skill or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. I guess it depends what you've done prior to tattooing. Like I used yeah. to do sales, so oh, I think yeah. I can like <laughs> sell tattoos to people. Um, that customer service background. Whereas if you worked somewhere that's not customer facing and you're suddenly having to deal with this customer service, it must be a bit of a, a bit of a shock. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: So is there anything, any plans that you have for Sal Serpent? Anything else to... After Corona? Um, yeah, <laughs> when life is normal.
2: <laughs> and I, well, for now, I'm just really looking forward to go back to normal, you know, and what that is going to look like. Uh, I think in a few months, at the end of the summer, I think we'll be... Okay, and normal-ish, yeah, but I'm yeah. Fingers crossed, you know. I think it is, but I'm still afraid that you know uh weird shit's gonna happen. We're
1: gonna have like, uh can you tell Sil to shut up, <laughs> Angus? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> no, Angus. I thought I said Sil. <laughs> I don't mean Angus can shout, but Sil, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, I got this little one here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we love pet cast it's like a feature in every episode oh yeah
0: yeah everyone everyone brings their dogs out and i've got a little kitten who comes in and makes makes her way through the litter tray so i have to go on mute while <laughs> <laughs> she's uh making a mess so yeah pets pets interrupt us all the time and we yeah we, are, good we encourage that
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Um, have you got any more questions, mate? Because I think I'm through all my.
0: Yeah, I think I think I'm 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 done. Awesome!
1: Oh, it's been so lovely to chat to you. Thank yes. you so much super for nice. coming on.
0: Excellent! Yeah, yeah. coming on with, with, yeah, we really appreciate your time, especially as you're just about to get back into the swing of things. So thank you for giving us giving us your time. Yeah, I know you must be so busy.
1: On.
2: Yeah, we're super busy straight away, but that's like so nice, right? To be like
1: just back into it again yeah that's yeah. great that's great well hopefully we can get back to normal and hopefully i can rebook my guest for yes back and, yes and
2: can wait it. to have you come over again i know
1: i'm desperate because yeah. i yeah. think like Still also, I,
2: don't... I want you to come back as soon as possible.
1: oh i know <laughs> i miss him yeah <laughs> Is he busy? You should go and get him so we can say hi. Phil, come say hi.
2: hi. I miss you too, babe. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Did you have fun together?
1: Oh, it's been great. We we just been like starstruck, trying to yeah. trying to the... Angelina. <laughs> and I just
2: heard laughing from uh, above, so we're just doing... <laughs> good we
1: just. We heard you barking, so. Uh, that was me.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <on> right now. <laughs> so you I
1: mentioned- said, I was just saying, I'm gonna have to organize my reorganize my guest spot to come back. I'm longing to come and see you guys. Yeah.
2: You don't scare a whore with a dick. So <laughs>
1: <please
2: do. laughs> uh, yeah, would be great if you can
1: make it. Oh, uh, cool. our- I hope our- so. So yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. It's been so lovely to have you on and chat. And thank you. For imparting all your your wisdom on us
0: yeah thank you thank so much you that so was much. really good thank you
1: thanks so much for having yeah. me guys no problem and you've been lucky because um mick's not meant oh no you did mention sports actually no yeah i, I did that once <laughs>
0: never mind <laughs> football <laughs> awesome thank you so much and hopefully we'll thank see you soon yeah Bye-bye, thank guys. you bye
1: Bye-bye.